Sonic Podcast. What's up, man? Doing good. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Brother Jared Atkins alongside Brother Todd Whaley. Hello, hello. Bethlehem Lodge 574 in the wonderful Hoosier State. So, uh, our podcast is out there in the universe. Yeah, man. We we recorded in September and uh, we released them this past week and they are finally out there and we were just looking at the analytics of it. Pretty good first week. Not too bad, really. 42 downloads from all over the country. and A couple was, international. Which I'm very surprised in. <laughs> well, I mean, it, hey, that's better than what we ho- hoped for when we originally did it in January. And then somebody, <clears throat> me, accidentally deleted the episodes. You needed to, though. They were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have absolutely nothing tonight flying by the sea of her pants yeah i drove back from my mom's house today uh today and couldn't think of a single thing and so i figured let's I, I printed off a couple of uh what do we call them the old tyler talks yeah some of them are old tyler talks and um <clears throat> uh some of them are just masonic education in general yeah there's one i want to uh there's one i want to read here and maybe if i get it started uh i i, I joke that uh we're both co-hosts I joke that I'm the executive producer for Todd, and he's the content creator, so <laughs> he figures out what we're going to do each episode, but I do got something brief I want to read here. Uh, this is from uh, Brother Jeff Goodwin, wherever you are at in the United States. Uh, it says, in the ancient world of operative masonry, masons were often required to move from job to job, much as in our modern time. It was further explained that ancient master masons, just as first-class masons of today, were more likely to travel great distances than those of lesser ranks, such as your fellow crafts and entered apprentices. Due to their experience, and today usually a membership and uh, a labor union representing the craft, they could move freely from job to job. Those doing so were normally members of a Masonic guild whose members would, if known, vouch for the qualifications of other traveling masons. In speculative masonry, we as master masons may freely move from lodge to lodge, either visiting or moving membership at times, and upon proper avouchment or by testing be found worthy to attend another master mason lodge. This is much the same as moving from one job to another or from one ancient Masonic guild to the other. Also, a master mason is a traveler from west to east, As east is where the sun comes up, hence the source of light. This is why the master sets in the east, because it is the source of light. Thus, being a traveling man represents our journey from darkness to Masonic light, a.k.a. enlightenment. We have quote-unquote traveled symbolically when we were raised to the sublime degree of a master mason. Remember the words, it will be necessary for you to travel. 
and the condition of the road we would have to travel. In closing, in masonry, we are told to seek light. Light in masonry is knowledge, and from that knowledge comes information and understanding, and information is power. So take that and uh, get some creative juices going and get us get this podcast off and running. Well, I mean, as far as uh, Mason traveling to work, I've always said Mason should travel to work. Uh, if you're in home lodge and another man comes here to travel, travels to your lodge to do work, I always say you let him do the work because he came to farthest distance most of the time. Some guys live farther away. Some of you guys turn, maybe live farther away than their lodges and everything. But, you know, the man he comes here to visit takes time out of his day. It's not his lodge. He's coming strictly for the candidate. Right. And he wants to – maybe he want, he thinks he can give a better impression on whatever lecture he does, whatever part he does, impression. He can make that impression on that candidate better than most. And sometimes, that's right, the older guys, especially around here, I think are amazing at some of the work they do. The Bible lectures I've seen and some of the uh, uh, King Solomon's I've seen are excellent. As good as I've seen anywhere. There's uh there's there's quite a few guys. I mean, and uh, I'm gonna beat this horse to death when I always say that I've been back a, a year now active, and I have. But in the the year that I have been back, I've seen so many great uh, traveling masons do so much work. Uh, our own uh, grand lecturer for the state of Indiana, Jackie Ash, who. Uh, belongs to the biggest of the three lodges we have here in our county the newest of the three lodges the, and the newest of the three lodges the biggest one that gets the majority of the petitions in this county uh no and, and that's nothing, nothing wrong with that I, just, I don't want you to think that's the point i'm making everybody but uh jackie does tremendous work uh brother bill Shobe, the bible lecture uh brother harold huffman out of gentryville which i i think we've referenced these guys in our first couple episodes i mean you got to Remember, we recorded these about two months ago, so I kind of forgot some of what we talked about. But uh, yeah. we we get busy. Me and Todd get busy, so so uh, we're gonna put a couple episodes in the can tonight. But anyways, <laughs> getting back to to what we was talking about, um, what what I have done in the year that I've been back now is uh, my general rule of thumb is is if it's within a three hour drive, I'll do it. It's a lot easier now that I have this new job and I work from home and I can kind of set my own schedule. Todd kind of Todd's rule of thumb is if it's within an hour, it's good enough. If it's anything longer than that, it's kind of eh. But well, I kind of my my area now usually goes from you know Linville, which is about halfway to Evansville, to Eureka Lodge, which is you know Rockport. Yeah, well, that's not, outside of Rockport. Outside of Rockport, then all the way up to probably French Licks, about the first time I go. So basically about an hour. About, about an hour, hour, hour and a half. Five minutes to an hour, either way. And Newton Stewart's probably my... The my, furthest that way, yeah. Well, French Licks the same way, but it's French Licks kind of easy drive, and it'll take long to get up there. But, you know, I just... It's it's hard for me getting off work at 5 o'clock. To get home and get cleaned get up. cleaned up. And, you know, I usually cook dinner for my family because I enjoy cooking for my family. And by the time I get that done with that, it's 6 o'clock. Now, if I want to go to Eureka or Linville, they're on uh, Central Time. The wrong time. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but <laughs> they're on uh, Central Time, so I everything's an hour later, so it works out better. But the downfall is it's an hour later when I get home. 
and you get up at four o'clock if uh, the kids don't have you up all night. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but my point I was making is that um, I travel and I travel not to see degrees. I travel to participate in degrees. Uh, I don't, and here's the thing with me, and again, I don't know if I mentioned this in the first two episodes. It might be a little bit of, you know, repeating here, but uh, I work the first two uh, degrees really good. My favorite thing to do is the memory lecture in both degrees. The Master Mason degree, I don't generally participate much in uh, because it's uh, such a beautiful symbolic thing. I like to... I like to watch and observe that, but also I probably need to because, uh, the, and, uh, I mean, here, somebody's going to pull my dues card out of my wallet here in a minute. When I say this, the last master Mason degree, mean you, uh, was that the last one I seen was the last one we had here at our lodge back in September. I, uh, we're sitting there and, uh, I forgot a few pieces of the, uh, of the obligation there. I've started to struggle through it, repeating it. And I'm like, Oh man, maybe I do need to start participating in this degree. Like get me fresh again. So somebody's going to come pull my dues card here in a minute. But, uh, no, generally, uh, as far as ritual work goes, if you don't, you're not studying it regularly. I mean, I found this out after being away for, you know, not really doing it for 10 years. Usually away if, for about 10 years. If, uh, I mean, I wasn't, I was still a Mason. I just wasn't active in masonry, but if you're not doing it, you know, say monthly or at least working on it from time to time, you will lose it. You'll start getting confused with other lectures. That's where I start. Uh, I get fellcraft in apprentice degrees. Uh, their uh, obligations mixed up sometimes. So even when I'm doing them, if I don't stay on top of it. Because every once in a while where I get bored, I start going through an apprentice degree, and I start throwing in fellcraft stuff in there for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why, I just do. But, but yeah, to, to stay you know current, basically, if you want to stay doing your ritual work, well, well, good, whatever you want to call it. Um, I said, you have to, you know, you got to stay on top of it. You got to be it's like studying anything. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. You know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Words to live by. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, that's the, that's the whole thing. You know, I seeing degrees, watching degrees being put on. That's, that's a beautiful thing. But what I get out of traveling is I go to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And it might be something as simple as, hey, we're short a Tyler tonight. Can you be our Tyler? Well, I did I did that. Can you be a steward? Or it might be, hey, can you do a charge? Can you do the memory lecture? Can you do a slide presentation? Mm-hmm. Can you do the apron lecture? Uh but yeah, yeah. So I was just, you know, I go I go to work and I think that's something uh I guess the point I'm getting ready to make here is something I've seen is there's a lot of people that travel to see degrees, you know, right here and where we're at in small town, Southern Indiana, you know, we're two, three hours South of the state capital in Indianapolis. Masonry is a, is a big thing down in this area. A lot of people, there ain't nothing to do else to do. So if you're in the fraternity, why not go to, to lodge? But like, I see lots of people that go to degrees and people say we need help doing this and when they start going around the room you see these guys that, you know they're sitting on their hands hiding their <laughs> you guys can't see it we're not we're not video or a podcast but like i was leaning back in my chair like this like freeze don't move maybe they won't see me you know what right. i mean like oh yeah you see 
10 guys in that lodge that night that do that. And I guess what I'm saying is it's, it's not making fun of our fellow brothers. It's not criticizing them. But if you're going to travel to see a degree, shouldn't you come in with the expectation that you might should be able to at least do something? Well, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I could, I could always say is you, you, everyone knows who can do what work. Everybody knows who does second, third lecture. Everybody knows most – most generally, everybody can do the do the uh, question answer crossfire, whatever you want to call it. Oh, here we go! That singling me out because that's all I can do is question no, and answer. But, but you know, that's that's how I started out doing stuff. But most everybody can do that. They got guys who who can do the charge real well. I mean, Bob Bragg before he passed away, I never saw him do anything but the East. I'm not. I wasn't even sure he could even sit in that chair. Bob Bragg was at all three of my degrees. He knew my grandfather really well. Oh yeah. But, Great Mason that's missed by many. His brother, his brother Ron, we see okay occasionally. Yeah, he's over at Eckerd and Newton Stewart. And, but, you know, it's just everybody knows who can do what they do. It's just guys that they want to. And some guys, now don't get me wrong, when I was going to Lodge five, you know, four to five times a night, there were some nights I just wanted to sit there and watch other guys do it. Because, you know, I would, I would do, you know, at one point I'd sit in the East. Again, this is this is before you met Jill and got married, right? Yes, so yes. you're doing you're going literally you're you're twenty, twenty five years old. I was twenty seven my first year being master. And you're going to lodge four nights a week. Yeah, four maybe five. Whew. Including Saturday not including Saturdays. <laughs> Just and well and that's a benefit too, because I don't I think we brought this up in the first episode, but you're you were living at the time. You're originally from the northern part of the state, up by the central part of the state. Yeah. yeah. You they're you get within an hour of Indianapolis, there's Masonic Lodges everywhere. So mm-hmm. to see degrees four nights a week, that's an easy thing to yeah, come by. Wasn't hard to do, no. Wow. Some weeks, you know, you get, you know, get three of them. But I mean, if I wanted to go to like downtown Indianapolis to the Grand Lodge building, I probably got one there every night, but I don't want to travel that far most of the time. But usually it was, you know, Kokomo, you know, Ham- Howard County, Tipton County, Hamilton County. Maybe a Clinton County where Frankfurt is, or maybe Mass County, Elwood, Anderson Lodges, stuff like that. So here, so here's a question. I, I guess we're just going to base this entire first ep, or first, this entire episode tonight around traveling and working. I guess that's just the theme I keep running back to. But how did you not get burnt out going to see traveling so many nights a week? It wasn't so much. I didn't. I wasn't overwhelmed with it because I wanted to go. It wasn't like I was an officer at every lodge I went to. I didn't, ever, I didn't have responsibility to other lodges. All I had to go there, eat food. If they asked me to work, sure, I'll do what you need me to do. But, you know, then just it was something I wanted to do. It was a, you know, you go there, you get a good fellowship, you get a good meal. Because everybody knows every mason starts at 110 pounds. And by the time you're master, <laughs> you're 300 pounds. But No, no comment. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I, I was about the 300 when I started, but... <laughs> But it, the burnout part of it is, I see, I have seen guys burned out. One guy was, was a very, very good ritualist, and he got burned out because he's a member. He was an officer of his lodge. He's an officer of the Grotto. He's an officer of the Scottish Rite. Then he went and dirt, tried to get be an officer of the York Rite, and he was still in college. That's a lot to take on to when you're a stuff. 20 year old kid in school still. And, that, and, and he burned out, and now he, he don't belong to anything anymore. He completely dropped out of everything. Now he, not even technically a Mason anymore. Uh, demanded from his blue lodge and everything because he was busy every waking moment was either college or something to do with Freemasonry and he burnt out and I always ask guys you know hey you know 
Don't join, even new guys, don't join everything all at once. You know, get the, get the new Blue Lodge, get in there, get a reputation going in Blue Lodge, a bit of good mason, and then look for what you want to belong to. Don't just go, I want to learn everything. Yeah, but it takes a lifetime to learn all this stuff. You're not going to learn it in one year. There ain't no way. That's true. I mean, uh, I've seen other guys who left it, came back, and their dad decided to join and came back in, and they went through the chairs also. But then they went through the chairs and never saw them again. I mean, just because they, they wanted to be there with their dad or a friend or a buddy or something like that. We had a we got our lodge. He was master, and he was getting kind of burnt out. He was... He went to school, he was going through the chairs. It wasn't awful bad on that, but then he got a job out on the East Coast, and he, as he was master, he just said, he just said, bye. Gone. I don't think he'd ever been to the lot since. Far just poof, just vanished. Just, as he, he, during his year of being master. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's not good at all. But, you know, at the same time, you got to go where your job's at, yet at the same time, you still got responsibility to the guys around you in your lodge. You know what I mean? But as far as me getting burned out, I felt no pressure. Like, I have to go to this. I have to go do this. I have to go do that. That's where most guys get burned out. When they say, yeah, I'll be an officer for you on, you know, five different organizations. And it's, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. But I want to do this. I want to do that. But no, I have to do this. So mid to late 20s, you hadn't met Jill yet. There's no, obviously, there's no David. There's no Ava. There's no nothing. Mm. You just... If you want to go four nights a week, you're going. If you want to, you know what? I've had a long week. I'm not going to do anything this week. And there's weeks I do that too. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't go to lodge. Yeah, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't study my books. I wouldn't. I'm just taking me a, a me week. Yeah, I just, if, is it, some weeks there wasn't any degree work and you're itching for it. You're like, man, I wish there was something going on that. I got to do something. And that's when, you know, some of your other organizations, that's when you, you look for the other organizations. But at the same time, I didn't want to get burned out. I wanted to just stay, you know, steady in it and stay, you know, and kind of know everybody. And, you know, guys would call me, hey, uh, we're having a degree work uh, Thursday night. Are you coming? Well, yeah, I'll be there for that. And then if I couldn't make it, I just called the heck. Sorry, man, something came up, I can't make it. No harm, no foul. I mean, what? I did, I did it so much. I got, <laughs> for a guy like me, I was, what, 34? I got married, so I was 32 when I was. Yeah, about 32 when I moved down here, 33, 32, I think, when I moved down here, I'd already had five honorary memberships up north because I traveled so much and helped out so much. I mean, that's down here, that's there's not many guys have a lot of honorary memberships no. in their 40s, let alone in their 30s and 20s. But you earned that reputation. You were You were a guy that you were a brother that could be depended upon, you know, you – your name went around in circles mm-hmm. is what I'm driving at. People knew Todd Whaley a little bit up there. Yeah, and I had to thank, uh, you know, my mentors like Don Nesvig and Frosty Featherstone, guys like that from my lodge, who they would get, they'd always be at the lodge before I did. Any, at any lodge we went to, they'd be there way before me. And as soon as I'd walk in, they'd point out, they'd be above everybody in the whole banquet hall, hey, that man right there can do anything you want him to do. I'd be like, would you shut up? I don't want to do anything <laughs> But sure enough, here they come over. Hey, what do you want to do tonight? Well, what do you need? Oh, well, we need a, a junior deacon. Okay, I can do it. Hey, we need a junior warden. We can do that. You know, hey, I need, I need somebody to do a charge. Which, what degree are we on? Okay, I can do that one. I, I can't do a charge anymore. I done forgot it. But. So what made you 
want to keep traveling when you were younger like that? Boredom, really? Boredom? <laughs> Boredom. I mean, a lot of my friends were uh, – I mean, you know, I mean, not like I, I have anything against drinking. A lot of my friends were at the bars every night and just uh, – That was fun about the first year I was 21 <laughs> – and then after that, the the thing kind of faded off. Like, or, I could just do this at home. I don't have to do it all the time. Or they, they were just sitting in the house drinking, playing video games. And I'm not, I can do that, like, one night a week, see, but I'm, not, like, every – I'm not every... a video game guy myself. I never was. I mean, I like playing a few up here and there, but I'm not going to sit there – To sit around every it. night of the week and do it, I couldn't – Yeah, I just, I just can't do that. And my job wasn't real strenuous back then. It's not strenuous now, but – what, kid... what were you doing back then? I was a decent mechanic back then. And in a way, that's kind of what you do now. Yeah, in a way, I'm a machinist, diesel machinist now, but I wasn't, uh, I was getting off work at five o'clock. I lived, I worked five minutes from my house. I didn't have to worry about anything. I just go home, take a shower, put on my, you know, lodge clothes, as I called it, and go to lodge. You know, as soon as I walked in, hey, what are you doing? What do you want to do tonight? You know, no big deal. I mean, but at the same time, you know, Everyone's looking for that youth movement. They had a young guy coming in lodge. They want to put a young guy doing the work in front of him. Because that makes an impression on a guy that, oh, this isn't just an old man club. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, eventually new blood has to come in right. or it die. I mean, it. Well, but usually the guys who come in and take over offer positions are already well established in their life and they're. They have kids who are usually out of their house by the time they get out of That's true. Again. That's very true. I can't tell you how many guys I've heard get their third degree. And when they finally get to speak at the end of the degree, like everyone, you know, we always let them do. I said, all of them say, I wish I had done this 20, 25 years ago. I said, but I had my kids. I didn't have the time and everything. Well, well, he said, you don't have to put the time into this. Not like the rest of us. You don't have to put four nights a week in the travel. You don't have to put hours and hours of studies in. Just be a good mason. Show up and help out in some way, somehow. I mean, there's no, nowhere in the ritual that says you have to be here five nights a week. You have to practice. You have to do ritual work five nights a week. You should live by the ritual every day, but you don't have to pra- practice, you know, actually recite the, have a degree every night. You don't have to do something every, every single day. That's, I mean, and that's true. And, for me, the the whole thing about traveling, and uh, I think we briefly touched on this in one of the episodes. Like I said, I haven't listened to the episodes <laughs> back since I uploaded them this week. They were recorded two months ago. So, I mean, Todd might give me a look like, man, you just kind of talked about that. That might be fresh in everybody's mind. Either way, the traveling for me, and, you know, I've said this story, uh, you know, I came back because my grandfather passed. Had he not passed, would I have been back? No, I still would. I still would have been as as me and Todd argue. There's active members and there's dues payers, and we both have differing opinions on that. I would still be a dues payer, not an active member, had he not passed. I didn't realize, and with all the personal stuff that I've had going on in my life, and you and I have talked about that, I've, I bled my heart out to you because uh, Todd and I are very close. You know, off the mics when the tape's not rolling, um, but. You know, I had so much going on in my life that I didn't realize that I was looking for something to anchor myself to. And it was just funny because I, I, I came back in October of last year after being away for seven, eight years. I've been at this thing now over a year again consistently. And it didn't take me 
until I was traveling. It didn't take me until this spring. So it took me six months of traveling to realize that I thought I was doing this because I felt like I needed to do this to kind of honor my grandfather and everything, how important he was to me because I'm a third generation Mason. No, it took me finally in the spring realizing I'm doing this because I'm chasing something that I want. I'm wanting to get more out of this. I'm wanting to to get noticed as a ritualist. I'm wanting to be I'm not I mean it sounds selfish. Yeah, maybe I'm I'm doing it a little bit because I want people to recognize like man, this guy's a great part of our organization, our fraternity. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm also doing this because I feel like I want this and I need this in my life and it means something to me. Mhm. So that's why I'm traveling now. No, as as you all know, we do get busy. I haven't I haven't went to see a single degree in probably. Well, I guess it would have been when we had the master mason degree about mm-hmm. two months ago. Yeah. I've been that busy with other things in my life. Yeah, that's how it goes. It, uh, that's how it goes. But that doesn't mean now. Am I cracking open my ritual? Okay. No, I used to. I'll tell you that right now. I'll be honest with you. I would study my ritual <laughs> two or three nights a week. This whole last year I've been back, last couple months, not as much. But, you know, and I'm going through it part by part, picking out parts that I like, like the charges and, you know, the question and answers. And I'm reading on the Bible presentation. I'm giving, you know, additional charges. I tell you what, if my bedroom walls could talk, they could, yeah. I mean, they'd recite yeah. it pretty good. But, but I'm traveling because it's important to me and I'm, I'm doing it. Because I, I want this and because I would like to, you know, be recognized by our fraternity at some point. Now, whether Just that. a lot of local guys around you at the very least. I mean, yeah, if you ever get recognized, you know, statewide or like that, that's one thing. But to the get. The purple. But, yeah, but, even, that, but even, <laughs> even then, I mean. Um, just be recognized people around, the local Masons around you. Like, hey, you know, he's, he's a good active Mason. He's a good guy. You know, if you need something, give him a call. He'll help you out. And that's, you know, if that's not really being selfish. You're not like you're saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. No, you're, but you're some just, people could misconstrue it that oh, way. Oh, yeah, you know? they can misconstrue it that way. But <coughs> it's like you just want to be a, a good Mason in general. And if reputation precedes you, so what? You know what I mean? Don't do it to to impress anybody. Do it because you want to do it. And, you know, you want, you want to impress upon the candidate because, really, that's the only person you ever have to impress in our – in in masonry in general is the newest guy because if you don't impress that new guy what makes him come back that's the million dollar question exactly you always say what's the most important meeting a mason ever goes to his fourth one the fourth meeting which can be boring as can be that's going to tell whether or not that he wants to be here or not i want you not to divert off topic but uh, I mean, we don't technically have a topic. We're yeah, flying by the seat of our pants tonight. But fan. Um, <laughs> this this whole thing about traveling, breaking off of that for a second, you have used that analogy a hundred times over about the most important meeting a new Mason goes to is that first monthly meeting after he takes his third degree. Right. Tell everybody about the types of monthly stated meetings you used to have up north because they are vastly different than what I am experienced with down here at any of the three lodges here in Dubois County or the surrounding areas. Talk about the difference. Well, the, the difference, there's really no difference at all. It's just we're not in a hurry to get out of the lodge as fast as we can. 
where we have lots of discussion, we have lots of education, and we discuss the education, whether or not it pertains to what we're talking to, blah, blah, whatever. But then it's also, the you know, we had a three and a half, almost four-hour meeting one time raising dues because everyone has an opinion on how much they want to spend in masonry. I mean, I don't care if you're the, you know, if you got a million dollars or you got $10 in your pocket, you're going to have an opinion how much you want to pay for it. Well, right, right, yeah. But it's it's so much, we had, you know, we had lively debates and we had discussions and, you know, and during my years of master, when I first started going through the chairs, our meetings were read the previous minutes, pay the bills, read the bills, pay the bills, um, any any communications, is that anything else? Click, boom, 45 minutes out the door. Everybody's gone. Lodge is dark by 9 o'clock. Okay, well, I don't like that. If, you, if you're going to do it, let's do it right. Let's let's bring us Lodge education. Let's have, hey, Grand Lodge is thinking about doing this. What's our opinion on that? Or, hey, somebody told me that they want to bring this up at Grand Lodge or something like that. Or, hey, should we bring this up to Grand Lodge how to do this? Or anything like that, or hey, what can we do in the community to get our word, to get our name out there a little bit better? I mean, we probably had an hour discussion on how much it's going to cost us to set up a booth at our uh, annual fair, at our 4-H fair. I mean, it just we let we make sure everyone talks before we make a decision, and that's how it should be because that little guy in the back who never says anything may have a good point. <laughs> So it it, 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 is, it makes a lot more fun when everyone can, you know, have a debate, a friendly debate and discussion about any any subject out there. Everybody gets a chance to stand up and speak. Exactly. And it, it just makes everything more fun when, you know, if something comes up like, hey, um, I forget one of them. Oh, we wanted to do a uh, we wanted to have a Masonic outing. This is right before I moved away. They talked about having a Masonic outing. And go into an Indians game, Indianapolis Indians game. And, okay, great. One guy said, "Well, hey, I'll call down there and see if we can get a group raider." Blah blah. And guys did that. I said, "Okay, how much are we willing, we willing to charge anybody who wants to do this?" Or uh, one guy he wanted to get rent a bus to go up to and take us to casino for the fundraiser stuff like that. We fundraised the hell out of ourselves up there actually, but it was just the fact that you know we. I want people in Lodge who have ideas to make the Lodge better. What's going to get your name out there? What's going to get your name out there? What's going to make that, that stranger out there knock on the door and ask to come in? That's what I want. You know, I want them, I just want them, when they get here, okay, this is a lively Lodge. These guys are talking. These guys are discussing Masonic principles and philosophies. And that's where our Lodge education comes from. 99% of the time, lodge education is the last thing on anyone's mind in most lodges. Now, you got these, you got some guys who are more academic, academic-minded, who are, just I say, college guys who are just smart guys in general. They want to ask questions. Well, some of our guys didn't know them. And I would say, well, you know what? Since none of us are really, you know, very familiar with that, why don't you look it up at the next meeting and present a paper for it? Or pr present what you found. Okay, I'll do that. They come back next meeting. Well, I didn't get a whole lot of time on this, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, here's what I found. And then we might discuss a little more. Okay, hey, that jogs my memory about this, that, and the other. Okay, that's that's the fun in it. That's not the – it's the fun's in the in the, the banquet hall, but the fun needs to be inside the, the blue room also. 
You need to have those discussions, those debates. You need to make them friendly because I have seen them turn ugly. It's not good that way either. But, you know, we've talked about, you know, we had uh, one brother, uh, Tim Clouser, went back into the, the minutes of the, in the 1800s. He, uh, I see him post on some of the Indiana Masonic groups on Facebook oh, yeah, all the time. He, your, uh, your own home lodge, they've got their own Facebook page. Yes, uh, Facebook. He, he tags me and stuff all the time. Yeah, we, he is. Tim was an officer on a Navy, on a uh, Navy submarine for years, a nuclear Navy submarine for years. So he's a very very smart man, and very and you know he became a Mason just by someone took his chair at the 4-H fair. So him being a jovial jovial guy, come over sit down in our booth because one of our guys sit down in his booth, took his chair. So he came over and started asking questions and well here's a petition, fill this out for us and we'll tell you all about it. Shout out Tim. I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but knowing that. You know, you know Todd. Maybe he's checked it out. So, Tim, if you're listening, shout out, brother. You better listen to it, Tim, or I'm coming after you. Okay, so so I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the spotlight away from you. So, traveling and uh, longer meetings and uh, elections. Not longer meetings, but we're talking about just more, you know, more fun meetings, more guys to discuss, not have, you know, a guy turn and go, okay, it's about time to wrap this up. Like, no, 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 we're going to talk about this. You know, but anyway, go on. So so this is all tying together. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, I never really elaborated on this in the first few couple episodes, but I think I found a way to tie everything to, together in a nice pretty little bow in a circle. So, so. What, what, ke- what kept me away for seven or eight years was uh, two things. I left in 2013-ish, so – you know, whatever, 2013-ish, I came back last year, so it's about eight years. So, two things. Uh, one, I went back to work at night shift, and the second thing was uh, I had a terrible, terrible night in uh, elections. We do our elections here at Bethlehem Lodge in November of every year. November of 2012, I had a terrible election night. I I came I was raised and I'll never forget you never forget the day you were raised but I can especially never forget this because it was leap year it only happens once every four years February 29th 2008 was when I was raised and uh, you know I had done uh, two turns in the junior deacon chair I had done two turns in the senior deacon chair I should have went to the south. Uh, I told them my attendance was going to be kind of spotty, so I took another. I, th- I think I took a turn as senior steward. So you know, you're looking at about four or five years, which is what I was active the first time. And then uh, things lined out, and it came time. You know, I'm like, I'm ready to finally start working. You know, two turns as junior deacon, a senior steward, a turn as a senior deacon. I'm ready to go. Supposed to go to the south. Elections that night up here did not go the way elections were going to go. There was um, uh, basically uh, three officers of this lodge, the current senior deacon at the time, everybody who shall remain nameless, one of whom is no longer with us, two of whom are no longer with us, uh, a senior deacon, a sideliner, and the current and the at the time the junior warden. As we started the election, there was no motion made, no motion seconded, nothing. They're like. We just decided we're going to go ahead and stay here. He's going to stay a senior deacon. I'm going to stay on the in the south. And, you know, the other guy that was uh, vouching, he's like, yeah. And he goes, I mean, I can be a chaplain if we need to. 
totally did not go the way Grand Lodge says, the way our bylaws, and I was hot. And when I tell you back then, we had attendance. We had more back then. We were having more 10 to 15 to 20 per state of meeting. We don't get that now. Now we get about 10 to 12. Back then it was 10 to 20. When I tell you there were several upset people that left that night, uh, my grandfather's one of them. Our own secretary, currently our secretary, uh, who was uh, a senior warden at the time, maybe he was a past master, but he was already a senior warden this time around again. He was, he was our current secretary, uh, Brother Philip. He was very upset. Our current secretary, who is now our Tyler, Mr. Boxstaller, he uh, called me and told I was I was very upset. Uh, my grandfather was upset. There was a lot of people upset. A lot of people. I was like, ah, you know, don't worry about it. I guess that's just what's supposed to happen. So I was uh, butt hurt, and I just decided I was going to skip a couple meetings. And after the second or third skip meeting, I was presented with the opportunity to go back to night shift to make a little bit more money. So I was just like, you know what? I don't really need lodge right now. So. You know, my interest has kind of waned after what happened on election night. Whether it was right or wrong, what what happened that night, whether my attitude about what happened was right or wrong, who's to say? So then, you know, I stayed away for seven or eight years. And then I came back, and um, this is all tying into traveling and longer meetings and everything. We had elections about three weeks ago, coming up on a month ago now. Mm-hmm. You weren't here that night. Nope, my son's birthday. He couldn't make it. So uh, we had a very long monthly meeting, state of meeting, a very long. And uh, An hour five minutes. Huh? An hour five minutes. <laughs> it was longer than that. So uh, the meeting ran long. We had to uh, look at a petition of another of a brother who is uh, Transfer. transferring from uh, one of the other lodges here in Dubois County, and there there's a lot to discuss on this because. You know, I don't think I'll hear the podcast, and I'm not going to air any dirty laundry. I'm going to choose my words respectfully and carefully, as as what me and Todd do. We keep a pretty straight tongue on this show. Uh, there's just been some things about this guy's past that needs to be looked at a little more. So that took a good 45 minutes worth of the meeting, at least. So we tabled that discussion. Well, you got to guard the West Kate. You know. What I mean? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you know, the the thing I'll say about this 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 brother. Uh, and I've talked to you about it off air. Mm-hmm. He's got some skeletons in his closet. Yeah, we all do at some point. But at the same time, this guy has done quite a bit for members in his community, uh, especially a, a fellow brother of ours who is uh, autistic. He's done some special work to help this kid out. Odds and ends things. Um, but, you know, you got to guard the West Gate. Well, election meeting was running late, and we have the same group of guys in this lodge who are always – upset when meetings run late there's only two or three people in here that actually have to go to work the next day the rest are pretty much retired of of the people that were there on election night only two or three of them myself excluded because i kind of set my own schedule now had to be up for work in the next morning the rest were all retired the people that were throwing the biggest fit about meeting running long was the retired people in particular one of the gentlemen who announced back in 2012 that we're just going to hold our position so i didn't go to the south he spoke up to the lodge and made a motion that we retain our three principal officers in their stations for another year which means i stay in the south again for another year instead of moving to the west or the east now that the issue with that was is as we all know under grand lodge of indiana you only need one warden's chair to go to the east 
which I didn't care. I, I didn't care where I went. I just wanted to move up, do things the right way. I should have been a past master now at least twice. But with as long as I've been in, 14, 15 years and whatnot. So just I was crushed. And uh I was I was given a uh I was talking to our secretary and our treasurer who told me don't worry about things. They're like uh the cuz the our current senior warden has informed me that you know he's he's got some things going on in his personal life. He don't know how often he's going to be able to make the meetings coming up over the next year, which means I could see some seat time in the west. Our master is fixing to go on a lot of overtime for the next 6 months. His attendance is going to be limited. So if he's not here or the senior warden's not here, our secretary and treasurer looked at me and goes, you're going to see plenty of seat time in the East and the West next year. But to me, I was, I was just, I was miffed and I was upset. And this all happened. They made the motion because the lodge meeting was already at an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 20 minutes. They didn't want to vote. They just wanted to get out and go home. And I texted you, and uh, I just said, I don't know if I'm going to make the next couple of stated meetings because I was upset. And uh, for right or wrong, if that's immature, I mean, then so be it. I just, uh, you know, that's the type of stuff that makes me sometimes lose a little bit of the fire I got in my belly and the passion I have for this to where this whole month of November now, ever since the first Wednesday of the month, this whole month of November now, I've kind of like, you know, I'm not going to go see this degree tonight. I was asked to go see two or three different degrees this month. I turned them all down. Uh, you know, we've got our yearly uh, banquet dinner, the Widows and Orphans dinner coming up next weekend. Uh-huh. I'm not going to be here for that. I've got the kids. I could bring them. I'm not going to come. It's it's the whole thing. And then, I, then I'm sitting here fighting with myself going, okay, am I – Am I being immature about this? Am I handling this the wrong way? Because all in my mind, and uh, I just see this as, man, this has happened twice in the period of about 10 years. Mm. Like, why should I stick around? Why should I keep doing everything I'm doing to help promote the lodge out there, helping you putting fundraisers together and family nights and <coughs> gaining membership? And, you know, we just had Lodge of Instruction and the and our uh, – Score. You know, the Terry Lee said you you and uh, Brother Todd are doing a good thing for for your area by doing a podcast. And Terry Lee said, you know, Masonic podcasts are becoming a big thing. He said, but there's not really anybody in our area doing one right now. So he said, kudos to you guys. So at the same time, all this is going on. I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I came back to just tread water, and that's what that's what I I told you that night. I came back to tread water because I'm not moving anywhere for another year. Well, let me step in here real quick and see if I can enlighten you a little bit. Well, go the, go for it. Not to say what you do, what you're saying is wrong, but you're going about it the wrong way. Okay. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to shame you or anything about this. It's not about shame, but you you don't do masonry to sit in a chair. You don't go to degrees because you're an officer of the lodge. You know you don't. Your 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 ambition should not to be to sit in the east. Your ambition in masonry is to make yourself perfect as a living stone. So if if guys are only chasing the positions and the officers and the titles, we're looking at this all wrong. 
Because masonry is not about titles. I mean, I've sat in lodges with guys who are millionaires. I've sat in lodges with guys who are paupers. Guys who are dues are paid every year by somebody else. And those men are on the same level as I am. Yeah, we're all on the same level here. Okay, and running away from masonry isn't gonna make isn't gonna prove your point, because all they're gonna say is, "Well, I guess Jared's not coming back anymore." It's not gonna change their mind or anything. You need to change their mind inside this room, and you know, because you were here that night, we were having a, oh a, yeah a good meeting oh yeah, and a certain person in the lodge turned to, to the master and goes, "Okay, it's about time to wrap this up," and we still had a lot of stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, you were there. I was there. Okay, and that's what we should have done. Hey, we got more stuff to talk about. If you need to leave, go ahead and leave. But we got more stuff we want to discuss because we have stuff in here that's going to help the lodge. But if, you know, if it's going to, if you sit in the South one more year, okay, then if, what's one more year going to hurt you? I did four years in the East. Well, I'm, I let my line catch up to me. I mean, and, and that's the whole thing. Like, I don't want this to come out the wrong way. You've known me a year now, and uh, I don't get close to people very often, you and I, our friendship and what you and I have have stretched past Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I talk at least once a week, oh, yeah. generally. Uh, text, whatever. Yeah, but w you know me well enough to know that I, I'm not really chasing the title, but I think it, in my mind, what it comes back to is like, I need that validation that I have done something good enough for the guys in this lodge to be like, you know what, we're putting faith into him to be the face of this place for a year. And I guess when it was just like, and and one thing I want to point out too is uh, shortly after I left and went back to night shifts and and you know was gone for eight years, they started doing. They don't do it every year, but most years now. And you've known this since you've been here. They're they're starting to hold a guy in a spot for another year. They said they've done it in the past just to get real familiar with that office. They don't do it all the time, well, I think but they have done it more. Uh, the mattress there during COVID, he lost basically a year yeah. of being master because of COVID. Yeah. We weren't able to meet for like eight months, eight, nine months of the year. He was master for the first time. So, yeah, that year he stuck, he stayed in the East another year. Now, the reason I stayed in the East four years in a row is because I. Nobody was, wanted it. In <laughs> truth and fact, that's probably the main reason why it was. Nobody else wanted it. But they also saw that I was bringing in a lot of new ideas. And I was spearheading a lot of committees and a lot of the ideas were there. I mean, and we were bringing in people that were becoming officers. And they're like, no one's really ready to go to the East yet. You want to do another year? Sure, I'll stay another year. No big deal. Then the next year, hey, no one's really, you know, no one really wants to take it. No one's really ready for it. Do you want to take another year? Great. Now, the fourth year I was master, there was no past masters in my line. Only Man, past, that's rough. The only past master we had was me and the treasurer. That was it. From the Tyler all the way up to the senior warden, we're all new Masons. And I mean, even my buddy uh, Eric Reese, great Mason, past master at Quincy Lodge uh, over in Elwood, he was doing our uh, installation. And he looked up and goes, How many you got to past masters? And me and Jack Richter raised our hand. Jack Richter's then 80 years old now, he's 70 then. He looks at me and goes, I hate you. Because <laughs> his lodge was a lot of past masters. But they were, since then, they've actually, you know, got past all that. Well, and, and again, like I said, like, you've known me long enough to know, and, and I want the listeners that don't know me to know that you've seen that what I'm doing here is I'm trying to do good things. I'm doing this because it means to me. We're also trying to change the culture here mm -hmm. 
and and uh, that, that's the big thing. The culture has had to lodge for a long time has been a bunch of old men hanging out once a night and 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 about coffee and doing lodge. And about that culture is uh, again, there's so many different avenues to this. Our culture, uh, we are the smallest of the three lodges in the county. Mm-hmm. We get the least amount of petitions of the small of the lodges in the county because that's, we're the smallest. That's not because we're the smallest. Because we don't get out there and let everybody know who we are. Well, and that too. That's also a culture thing. Yes. So so me getting upset about the election night thing happening twice in ten years was mainly about me like I feel like that I've I've put in all this work to try to do things and then I don't go up in the rank and then I sit here and look, was this whole year a failure? Did I not do my job the way I was? But you see what I'm saying? You see why I was taking it so hard. But you got to look at you got to look at Masonry as a whole, not the individual. You know, what we've done this year, we've had family movie nights that weren't as successful as we thought it was going to be. I mean, yeah, there's 10, 15 people here, but there were 10, 15 people here. So what? <laughs> I you remember know? how upset I was about that. Like, it failed, oh, and I you're was, like. I was somewhat embarrassed by the. The speakers we had, it didn't. Yeah, I thought it was louder than what it was. But you know, you gotta look at. We are changing, but it's not gonna change overnight. But yeah, and then it's the not gonna change in two years. It's gonna take us till we're you know pushing, close to pushing up daisies to get the stuff turned around. Unless we have an influx of new guys come in here, and the and that's what I'm talking about. You and I have been, guides. you and I have been trying things, and I guess in my mind I thought if I move up another rank or move up another rank. Then when I start to bring ideas up, people's gonna be like, you know, he's he's sitting in the West. He's sitting in the, you know what? He's got a good point. Let let let's trust his instinct. Let's but see what remember, happens. Remember, you're still just one vote. I'm still just one vote. Anytime they do a vote on anything, even though you're sitting in the East, you're still only one vote. You don't get two. You don't get three. You get a tiebreaker sometimes if you don't vote. Because most times, master, I never voted on anything. Because if, if it comes down to something like that, I a tiebreaker, tie yeah, I'm gonna be a tiebreaker because it's my responsibility to be a tiebreaker. There's nothing written down about that, but that's just how I felt. I never made a motion. If I if I want something to be done, lodge, I talked to my officers. Hey, I want you to bring this up. Here's why. Here's what I want to do. Bring it up, and then if you have any other questions, just ask me in lodge, and I'll I'll ask it. Because I didn't want I didn't want to be the one directing lodge. I wanted to craft to direct lodge. You know, put that's a good leader. Yes. Yeah, that, but I didn't want to be the one that, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing that. I didn't want to do that. I want to be, hey. No, because that's how you get guys up. to not come back. Exactly. I want you guys to show up. But you got to remember, what we're doing right now, it's not going to be instantaneous. You're not going to change the lodge around. And I mean, I have seen lodges who get an influx of young guys in there, and as soon as they all get through past matches, done, gone. See you later. Or they, they join, they're going real hot and heavy, then, oh, Shrine Club, gone. You need new members to change the culture, but you got to change the culture to get new members. Yeah, it's it's a catch. It's, it's a cycle. Sword. It's a double edged catch twenty two. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, and it it's like right now, if you know, if my, somebody also knew we were having a podcast, there'd be two or three guys up here just checking it out. You know, it's just, just but they also live closer, and they're not you know. For any cold bluster, for else. any of our listeners, there I put it on our on our. Uh, in the uh, group, some of the Masonic groups, the Indiana Freemasons group, and I know of. <laughs> uh, Todd and I are going to. Uh, I'm going to create us a Facebook page. But for all the listening brothers here, uh, Todd and I, we've talked about doing interviews, and uh, a couple people have already reached out expressing interest. 
we would like to have guests on the podcast. Uh, obviously, with uh, for those of you that are Indiana-based, Todd and I are in the south part of the state. Uh, I only have two mics and three headphones right now. Yeah, we I get, I'll eventually get another couple of mics. I've got four ports. But uh, one of the things about this podcast, if you guys want to participate, you know, and you want to get a Facebook page up, you guys shoot us a message. Uh, we don't have to be in person. I have a, a little $50 adapter that plugs into the side of my recorder. I would just need to call you on your telephone or Facebook Messenger and your phone. As long as you got a working phone with good battery and a set of earbuds or wireless headphones, that's all we need. I can control all your volume, your mic, and everything right here sitting at the desk. So, but Let's talk about Lodge culture a little bit. I mean, I'm going to say 80% of the lodges in the state are like us, where you had the same seven, eight members show up every month. Yeah. And it's been that way for 20 years. And it's been, you got guys who aren't doing anything else. Hey, cover it, help us keep this lodge open. Just like that. And that's basically what they're doing at that point. My lodge that same, was that way when I first joined. We were just keeping the lodge open. Taking in dues just enough to pay the bills and not doing anything extra. Well, get some young guys in there. Hey, let's. No one knows about us. No one knows we're here. No one knows that we do this work. I mean, to this day, it still amazes me. The Eric Schreiner commercial, he says, you see out there, it says nothing about Freemasonry. Everybody wants to be a Shriner, but nobody knows how to become a Shriner. What have I told you? That countless story. I've had three different people tell me. Aren't the Shriners like related to the Masons? I'm like, well, if you look at it as like a cousin system, there's the Freemasons and then the Shriners, the Grotto, and both rights. They're like cousins to Masons. Well, I want to be a Shriner. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, you got to join Lodge. Well, I don't want to be a Mason. I want to be a Shriner. Well, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, You've got to go through Blue Lodge to become a Shriner. That's right. And it irritates me. The commercials don't say anything about, hey. I've never noticed that. Yeah. I I've have, never noticed it that. It drives me absolutely crazy. But. I'm also not a Shriner. I'm not in that world, but. And no offense to the Shriners. Like I said, you know, we've been talking about me joining another body, and the Shriners is a great organization. They'd be a great uh, concordant, appendant body, whatever, masonry. But the dues for the Shriners scare me. Like, I'm not paying that kind of money. And when I found out what the cost of the Fezes were, (laughs) wow. You know how much my, my past Monarchs Fez was for the Grotto? That's a few hundred bucks at least. Over eight hundred, <laughs> son. And good thing I didn't pay for it. I wouldn't got one, but because I didn't have the money back here for that. But it, as far as masonry goes, is you know to get the name out there is a big thing. We need, like I said in the last podcast, we used to have huge parades. We used to have giant lodge rooms, you know, giant temples out there. And now everybody wants to build a even a grand lodge wants you to build a one story building. With no stairs for older members, which I understand 100%. Don't get me wrong. I do. Because I don't like, you know, I'm a big guy. I don't like climbing stairs as much as anybody else. Our old Masonic Lodge is still standing right across the tracks. Is it? Oh, yeah. It has an upstairs. I grew up in the uh, rec, in the uh, refreshment room, the rec room. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Banquet yeah. Hall. Banquet hall, yeah. yeah. And it, but you know, at the same time, that's what's needed because our membership is much older now than it's ever been. Stuff like that. But it's, you know, if they don't know we're here, they can't join. They don't know how to join. And the world's a much busier place now. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the world nowadays, you, you have 10,000 channels on you, all the streaming services. You got these little idiot boxes we hold our hands all day long. Stuff like that. Todd's getting older. He called it an idiot box. 
it, 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 it drives me crazy how addicted I am to it. But most of the time what I'm looking at is something I want to learn about. But and when in TikToks, but <laughs> they're funny too. But um, it there, we have to find another reason why a guy wants to leave his warm couch on a you know week weeknight, come up here and have the lodge. I mean, what makes a guy want to do that? Because I enjoy what I do, and that's bringing it back home. That the passion and the fire that I had. I mean, it, it faded for a little bit this month. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, and again, I don't, I don't, I want to put this out here. I want to stress this for the people that do not know me and Todd, for the people that might know Todd and don't know me and Todd will vouch for me. It wasn't a power grab. That wasn't what this was about. I wasn't seeking a chair to be power hungry. It's just of how hard I take things. I seen not moving up this year was like, man, I failed at everything I did <coughs> last year. No, and it just, way. it was, you know, but to bring it all back home, being a part of this organization and doing what we do and seeing the change, that's what makes me want to travel. I got to give it to the Grand Lodge of the state of Indiana. Uh, you know, I don't know how other states' Grand Lodges are, some of their new recruitment programs. I don't know how they are, but, you know, Indiana's whole phrase, it's right now it's, uh, you know, not a man but a mason. Yes, gosh, right. Well, no, state of Grand Lodge is doing one too. Okay. Man. Not a man but a mason. It's just – it's uh, – it's clever. It is, and it's a it's a quick. You can hop in your uh, Google machine, and uh, just get on YouTube and look. And it's just like a it's about a minute long, minute and a half video. Mm-hmm. And it's you know it's a young man. He's all suited up, nice black suit, and it's uh, you know not a man but a mason. Well, let's you know I'll tell you a little story. Happened me back in high school. I loved playing baseball growing up. Played it all the time. I mean, if I could play it year round back in, I probably would have. But back then, that just wasn't an option. Well, come my uh, sophomore year, I don't know what the coaches had against me or anything, but they played a lot of mind games with me. Like, they're almost trying to get me to quit sometimes, get me pissed off enough where I was like, screw this, I ain't got to deal with this crap. My love for baseball trumped how much, how anything and how bad they were treating me. I mean, because I could not do a thing right. If I threw a guy out second, they said, I couldn't be throw him out first. You know, well, he he took You're off right. first. You know, I mean, if I was walking on water, they'd say it because I, I couldn't swim. Right. You know, it's something like that. I mean, I couldn't do anything right. They were constantly on me all the time. And even my friends were like, why are, why are you taking this? I said, because I like playing baseball more than, than I, I can't stand those guys. I was like, I'm not going anywhere else. They're going to have to kick me off this team before I quit. You know, and they did it for the next three years, to be honest with you, in a way. And everything, but I think that's just how they they coast that way. They you know just would find something to pick on everything. But most most time they were on me harder because they knew I wasn't going to take down their crap. You know I knew how I knew how what I had to do. They didn't have to coach me. I knew how to play it already. They correct if you want to correct a little things. That's fine with me. I can I'll take that coaching. But don't sit there and tell me I'm doing everything wrong when I'm hitting 500. You know what I mean? But the same way as masonry, I'm not, I don't let a soul in here piss me off because I love Freemasonry more than I love didn't, – I didn't, those guys need to be around me. Right. You know, so don't ever let anyone piss you off so bad where you don't want to come back because that just proves you, you're not into it as far as you want to be into it. That's why I've seen guys chase the, chase the tiles, oh, I want to be a past master, I want to be a past master. Worry about being a good mason first, and the past master will come. You, you're not entitled to a – Past magic. You're not entitled to a turn in the East. You're not entitled no. to anything. You you show up here 
and you you be a good member of the fraternity and you put in work and people like you know what let's let's bump him around see what he yeah, how look, much of an asset he can be to this organization yeah look back to this lot back in the day they had guys waiting in line for years just to be a tyler you know i mean that's back in the 50s like yeah hey, uh, one old boy told me and Howard, if you've ever been to Howard Lodge, they got a room for twice as long as our room here. It's about, what, 60 feet long, probably? And they got one that's twice as long, where when you sit in the east, you have to enunciate loudly for the guy in the west to be able to hear you. And they got balconies. He said when he got raised, the whole room was filled. He said the work was absolutely perfect, because that's how they picked their officers, by guys who could do the, do the work better. It wasn't that they're better leaders, and they, which I think is the wrong way to do it, in my opinion, but... You see, guys who are good ritualists, those are guys who are uh, in the officer positions. All right. And they wore black, black tie, tuxedos, all stuff like that back in. But but now you look at those lodges, and that lodge in particular, I don't know how it is now, been well, 10, 11 years since I've been there, that lodge is hardly ever full. Barely had enough to fill up one pew in that place. But that's what it comes back for guys traveling, help, they have to help them out. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's a good story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. But uh, I'm just saying, you just because you didn't get the position you want, don't let these guys run you off. Don't skip meetings. Don't get you know. Don't take your ball and go home like that because you're not going by leaving. You're not going to prove a thing. No, by leaving it would. I think now you know. Like I said, this what I was. You know, I'm tongue tied. It was. Uh, a lot of what I talked about was my mindset the night that I had texted you right, yeah. after the meeting and you and I had talked at, at length about it and it was my mindset. If I if I would disappear again, it would be like, he was only coming back just to get in. The, it was only, he was only exactly. coming back to take control. And, but you know me and, and again, how hard I take things and mm -hmm. it's like, I seen this as, man, I put in all this work. I went to all these degrees. I worked on ritual and I gained a lot from it. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, but I seen it as how did I fail so bad this past year that they didn't have enough faith in me to bump me up another chair? <coughs> and that's, that's what it was. It wasn't failure. Laziness is what it was. That's what it was. I believe that. I mean, I'm, you're not going to call this guy lazy or anything, but it's easier to, get, to keep what you have to try something new. And we, we just – everybody just got retained. They made a motion. It was seconded, and the lodge was closed, you know, well, three minutes later. Let me ask you this. How come you just stayed up to eject to it? Before I could get up, it was already oh, seconded. No, no, I should have stood up. The second was there, but then they, you have a discussion period. You have to say, hold on. Hold, you have to stand up, do your thing, work somebody's word, and your brother say, hey, I don't think this is right. Trust me, Todd. I sat there that night and I thought about standing up, and I had no. And I, honestly, I didn't. I didn't know you were going to ask me this. I don't have an answer why I did. I knew at the time I even thought about standing up. I, I selfishly just thought about getting up and just leaving my jewel and just walking outside, which was been dumb. But it proved anything to him at all. No. All the only thing I thought well, all he wanted to do is move up. You know, just do the best job you can. And, and there, that's and the point. Like, I, I'm back, and I needed this this last year, and I found a passion. Look, we're doing a Masonic podcast. I know, right? <laughs> and, you know, and, and, we're do, and we're doing it, you know, semi-professional. I have $800 worth of equipment. And, again, this this equipment was, you know, I have another podcast, obviously, which uh, – We didn't buy it for this purpose. No, we didn't buy it for this purpose. <laughs> just Todd just found out that he's – 
like you have a podcast i'm like i have podcast equipment yeah i I have another podcast i do where i have a a lot more wild tongue than what i the civil (laughs) one i keep here and uh but yeah and uh todd's like man we should do a masonic podcast and i was like yeah sure bet and then in January, you know, we recorded two episodes, and then at the end of January, they accidentally got deleted, and, <laughs> you know, we started again in September. But to, to bring this all back home and wrap this episode up, because we didn't really have a format, we just talked about traveling and how the desire and everything, what, what would you tell a Mason coming in here on his fourth meeting about traveling, and what would you tell him to, would you tell him to, hey, get out there and attend degrees? Yeah. And see things. I say travel as much as you can. Don't feel like you have to do it every night of the week. If you know that you have a you have a chance to either go to a degree or you know go out to eat, they're gonna have food to lodge anyway, so you might as well go there too. But at the same time, you know, don't don't put your life on hold to to get from a Freemasonry. You shouldn't do that. Travel as much as you can. I mean, if you don't want to travel at all, don't don't worry about it. I've even uh, I've even traveled a lot in the last year, just going to uh, a couple of just random stated meetings for lodges. I've done that just to drop in and say hi, and you know, some of them uh, do Masonic education. Uh, you know, one sometime last year uh, in twenty twenty one, or it might have been earlier this year in twenty twenty two. I attended just a regular stated meeting at a line lodge in Jasper. They just, they had a little bit of Masonic education mm-hmm. and I went and watched it. I mean, uh, to finish this episode out, I'll ask you a question and then, uh, you can turn around and ask me the same question if you want. If not, right. we'll get this first episode in the can. So in all your years of traveling, and this is actually going to be two questions. What is probably the most beautiful lodge you think and you can't talk about Grand Lodge's building. No, no, no. The Scottish Rite Temple in Indianapolis, which is one of the most beautiful <coughs> buildings in the world, by the way. Yeah. But as far as going and just sitting in a lodge for a degree, what's probably the most beautiful lodge you've went and set in? Just the coolest architecture, the feel, the acoustics that you've been in in the entire state. Is it your home lodge? No, our home lodge is just a square room, really. No, really. Kind of like this one. We don't have the pitched The pitched the, roof. The pitched roof on just a flat roof. But probably the, I'm going to say Mount Mariah and Anderson Lodge. That's way up north. It's just. That's it's, like four or five hours up it's north. It's directly east of uh, Tipton, you know, southeast of The Tipton. city of Anderson? Yeah. Yeah. The old AC Delco plant? Yeah, down that area. Yeah. But <sighs> if uh, you ever get down at Mount, I forget the actual number of Mount Mariah. They have two or three lodges to meet in there. But cause if you don't know, Anderson used to have a bunch of lodges because they had you know three gm factories there delco uh guide lamp and everything they had all these factories anderson was a boom town for a long time until all the factories moved out they tore them all down now it's and now it's a drug town well you i have, shouldn't say that but you used to have like three five a schools in it at one point three five a schools now they, I think they barely have one five a school left that's how the town shrunk down but they had a mount mariah lodge is built like a pyramid now that's cool. The dining halls is a small pyramid. It's a good site. I mean, it's a really big, big lodge. But the actual lodge room is in the shape of a pyramid. Four walls and everything, of course, but everything comes up to a point. And the inside woodworking is kind of like what you see in the 1970s. 
maybe 60s, 70s, uh, you know, wood building, stuff like that. But it's, it's not intricate wood carving, stuff like that. It's basically beams and everything. But it's just the neatest lodger because the rich work bounces off that ceiling. That wood ceiling comes back down and kind of does a really neat echo to it and everything. Can't beat good wooden acoustics, no. man. Now, one of my favorite lodges to go to was New London Lodge up in Hinkle, not Hinkle, um, the New, New London, uh, Indiana by Kokomo, which, you know, at, uh, New London would be here, and Rusheville is less than three-tenths of a mile away from it. They're that close. But New London is a little bitty lodge up there just north of Rusheville. And the lodge room is, if it's 20 by 20, that's giving it a stretch. It's, wow. It's tiny. I mean, I was a senior deacon one night for me and a, a large fellow. I was guiding around, and he had to go between the altar and the south, and then I had to come behind him because there wasn't enough room for both of us. It's a tiny room, but it is a well-attended lodge. The guys are fun. They don't take everything too seriously. I've been there nights where they've had all the chairs filled. They brought chairs in downstairs and made two rows. So you go from having a tight room anyway to having a super tight room. And it's just a little old country lodge up there. And I've had more fun up there during degree work than I have anywhere else. But Mount Moriah and New London are probably two of my favorite lodges. For for me, in all my travels, uh, going and like I said, you know, the first four or five years after I was raised, I mean, me and my – if it was, you know – a weeknight and if it, it was within two hours of home my grandpa was retired we were going <laughs> you know he's like you're young you're 20 years old you can sleep you know when you're dead type. Your day, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we would go uh all my travels then and in the year that i've been back I'll, so far i'll say the prettiest lodge i've been to in the state of india besides our own i'm always going to favor my home lodge because i was i had you know three nights of my life was spent in this room where that night was all about me and my journey you know so it's always going to be attached to me. Our old lodge across the road from when I was a kid, you know, I spent a lot of time in that building growing up. I grew up around that lodge. That was a beautiful place. But uh, honestly, I, <laughs> you're going you're gonna to laugh. My, my favorite story, uh, when I got Did up there at Riley Lodge that night. Oh, there, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the getting back home at 2 o'clock on a Friday morning. That lodge up there in uh, Riley, Indiana, just right outside Terre Haute, Riley 390. Uh, that was one of the most beautiful buildings I've ever – you you went in on ground level. You went down to the basement for the fellowship hall. Then you went upstairs for the lodge. And uh, and, and <laughs> Todd laughs. Uh, uh, a, uh, a big with me, a big thing with me when I go to lodges is if you have seats wide enough to fit me because I'm a very large boy – They've got like theater seats that fold down, but they're soft and cushy, kind of like the Eastern Star chairs I'm looking at right now. And they fold down and they're wide. And they're two or three rows back in there. Uh, it's a beautiful lodge. It's a little bit, the room's smaller than ours. Uh, it's got carpeted floors, of course, but it's like got the prettiest blue carpet I think I've ever seen in my life. Just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, another lodge, uh, I like going to uh, Eureka. I've only been there once. They don't have chairs that fit me down there. The only chair close enough to fit me is uh, the chair that represents the north. It's wide. It's like their uh, warden's chairs. Yeah. So I sit, I, every time I go there, I sit in the north. I sit in the dark every time. 
But uh, now, what Indiana Lodge I've ever been to is Peru, Peru Lodge, Peru Miami, something up there, Peru Indiana, because they have a lot of plaster work up there. It's real fancy plaster work. And I, I asked one of the guys, I said, "Why is your lodge so ornate? I mean, it's so flashy. It's you got gilded feathers and all this stuff." He goes, "Well, because." If anybody knows Peru, is Peru is the circus capital of the Midwest, the world, whatever. I mean, they have an amateur circus up there that is pretty good from out here. Never been to it, but they have kids up there who are circus for them. But that's where the circuses would go to winter. During the wintertime, that's where they would go to stay. That's where they lived. And they were entertainers. So when you went in their house, their house was flamboyant. Their house was very well you know, designed and had fancy furniture, stuff like that. Because they were entertainers, they were flamboyant and everything. Not you know, not gay or anything, but you know, they just you know, they just made everything look real fancy, and that's how they made their lodge. And you go in their lodge, it's like being inside a circus tent almost. I mean, it is stripes, red and black stripes. It's you know, fancy scroll work and plaster work and murals on the ceiling, stuff like that. It's a very neat lodge. I've only been there a couple times, but I actually loved it up there. All right, well. To kind of put a bow on this and go ahead and wrap it up, um, travel, guys. Get out there. If you can. Travel, if you can. Um, attend degree work. Attend other lodges, state of meetings just to pop in and say hi. But uh, keep putting into this everything you think that, you know, deserves to go into it. I've put a lot into it. Don't get butthurt about election nights, <laughs> you know, because you see it as a catechism clismic failure of what you've done the year prior look at it as you know what i've got another year to work on my knowledge in the office that i'm currently in uh and like i said i'm gonna see a lot of seat time this year anyways with uh what you know attendance with our senior warden and our master being you know busy outside busy outside in of their in their normal vocations or whatnot and just uh travel guys uh that's part of what this is. We're tra- we're traveling upon the level of time. Yeah, undiscovered country. From who's born, no traveler returns. Couldn't have said it better myself. So for uh, no, I don't. I'm not going to sign off. You sign off. All right, everybody. Uh, tune in next time for a podcast. <laughs> I'm Todd Whaley, and that's been Jared Atkins. Thank you. And have a beautiful day. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>